This is BIV Today, the daily business show from the journalists at Business in Vancouver. I'm Haley Wooden. Last month, real estate sales in BC were truly spectacular. It was a strong end to a year marked by a remarkable recovery, according to the BC Real Estate Association. My guest today is Adil Danani. He's the principal and founder of the Danani Group with Royal LePage West. He joins me with some insight into what's been happening in the BC real estate market. Adil, great to have you back on the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Haley. It's good to, good to be back on. So my impression when it comes to the month of December, given all the holidays that take place, it is generally a slow month for sales, but that's really not what we saw last month. Tell me a bit about what was happening in the market in December. So I think if we um, if we look at the entire year of 2020, um, it was totally an unpredictable year for real estate. You know, I've been practicing for over 15 years and there was really no benchmark for what we were going through. It wasn't like a typical recession where you would see a contractionary period and you're like, okay, there'll be some stimulus and there'll be some additional growth, but this was a pandemic that you know we haven't gone through uh, before in our lifetime. And so the year was unpredictable in that sense that we hit a, we, we, you know, we were in the midst of a global pandemic, but it was also extremely unexpected because we had consecutive record-breaking months of sales activity um, on the real estate board. And when you look at December, like you aptly noted, it wasn't it was anything but typical. And, you know, a typical month, December 15th, things shut down. People are focused on family. Um, and again, just because things were a bit different this year, um, December uh, 2020 was the busiest December ever in the history of, um, you know, the real estate board gathering data. Um, so that's a profound um, stat. And I think if you look at what that means, for Vancouver real estate, that means a couple of things. I think number one, um, you know, even leading up to December, Haley, uh, September, October, November were uh, months that we saw a record-breaking activity as well. Um, I think I think when you end the year so strong and in a seasonally quiet month, it it caught a lot of attention. Um, and and when you have year-over-year year sales activity, so so December 2019 over December 2020 sales were up like 55%. So it's significant. Very significant, unexpected in almost a good way, especially for anyone who's on the selling side of yes. a real estate transaction for buyers might not be the best news. But I'm, I'm curious, is this part of the recovery that we've seen or have we almost moved beyond recovery into just growth in the market? Yeah. So, you know, when we hit lockdown, um, um, in, in the springtime, people were pretty much on house arrest for an extended period of time. Again, something that had to be done, something we hadn't done before, but had to be done. I think what happened during that period is people got very crystal clear about what home meant to them, what, um, what was important to them in their home. And if they had other periods over the next year of being in lockdown, um, how would they want to live and how would they want to enjoy that time being at home? So I think people's uh, priorities became crystal clear during that time. And so after people, after the, the lockdown was lifted um, and people started approaching us again saying, can we buy and sell real estate? How do we do it? Can we do it safely? Um, the market really um, went into a bit of an overdrive mode. And what happened during those three months, initially March, April, May, sales were down 70%. And when you have 70% of the buyers all of a sudden hit pause 
and for good reason, they don't just disappear. They're there, they're on the sidelines, they're waiting for the dust to settle and feel more comfortable about making such a large financial decision. And so that's exactly what happened is when they started feeling more comfortable about um, about doing a, a, a transaction during COVID, getting really clear about what was important to them in a home, they came out very strong in the months of July, August, September, they were extremely strong months. And something that we could not have predicted, because I think a lot of folks that were, um, you know, in, in my in my field, um, a lot of uh, economists predicted a very, um, uh, I would say, a very bearish market. Um, when you have 13% unemployment rate, Haley, um, you have to say that this has probably been the most housing-friendly, you know, quote-unquote recession in history. Um, because we definitely don't have the foundational principles of a typical housing market pushing this market. It's not it's not job growth. It's not immigration. It's all the other things about, I think, first time in, 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 in our lives where maybe you were at home, Haley, and you decided and you felt like maybe it was a little bit too small for you. Maybe you wanted more outdoor space. On the flip side, you know, maybe you were thinking about downsizing and going up and downstairs for 60 or 90 days during that time. Um, you know, you, your objectives became clear that you wanted to downsize into a home that better fit your your lifestyle. So we had a lot of those people coming to us when things opened up saying, we need to now right-size our life, get into the right product. And if you look at what was really hot in 2020, I would say it was a banner year for ground-oriented living. Um, there was a bit of an exodus from condo living. Um, and I'll get to that because I think that's going to be short-lived. But, um, you know, I think humans in general are very emotional creatures and at that point in time, I mean, a lot of folks didn't want to be in an elevator with seven other strangers or touching the elevator buttons going to that floor. Um, the amenities were closed, so the benefits of living in a condominium were necessarily there. The lifestyle of living in an urban, urban center was at a standstill. So the draws of, of living in downtown, for example, or in high-density environments um, weren't there anymore. And so I think a lot of people were looking at, okay, if we, if we were potentially thinking about making a move, now is the time to do it. And so townhomes and detached homes were extremely strong in 2020. And I do believe that trend's gonna continue um, for the first half of this year. Um, and if I, have, if I have a moment there, I, I wanna touch on the condo market mm -hmm. because um, you know historically the condo market in Vancouver has been the front runner. It's always been extremely strong because Vancouver offers such an incredible lifestyle, especially downtown living. The narrative of why people buy in downtown is, um, you know, great restaurants, uh, quality of life. You have the water, you have the mountains, you have accessibility. And of course, if you work in downtown, living in downtown makes a lot of sense. Um, so I believe as prices in downtown have come off um, anywhere between five and 10%, I believe if we look forward 12 months from now, we'll look back at this conversation or this period of time saying it was actually a very good time to buy um, quality assets, which are still very strong assets in downtown Vancouver, um, at a discount to where they were maybe 12 or 18 months ago. That's very interesting. Do you think some of the concerns around high density living will persist beyond the pandemic? Of course, we know things hopefully return to some kind of normal eventually, but I think we right. all know it's not ever going to go back to the way things yes. were. Yeah, so... I think for the next six to nine months, we're going to have a little bit more of the same. Um, 
I think what's interesting about how things are unfolding, because initially when we were in lockdown or, or where transactions went down 70% for three consecutive months, we talked about that narrative around pent up demand, right? We talk, we heard about that all the time. When market's on pause or when buyers are on pause, they're not going anywhere, but the pod is percolating, right? And yeah. when they feel comfortable, they're going to hit the play button and they're going to buy again. But arguably, Haley, that three months of pent up demand has been absorbed now, right? Because we're well past that period of three consecutive months where, where sales were down. So now what's driving the market? What's driving buyer psychology to get in the market? So I think it's a few things. There's a confluence of factors. Number one is, uh, I think, like I said earlier about priorities and getting crystal clear about how you want to live in a home because we're spending more time at home and working from home oftentimes. Um, number one. Number two, you know, just as we say, just when we say interest rates can't go lower, they find their way lower. And what does that do? We know historically there's always been an inverse relationship between uh, prices and, and interest rates. As interest rates go down, they provide stimulus for the market and prices generally go up because it creates more affordability. And so we have those mechanisms at play. And when you have interest rates now on high ratio mortgages, meaning when you're putting less than 20% down at 1% and four-year fixed rates at 1.5%, that's really going to stimulate the lower end of the market. You know, um, I have... Um, you know, my sister, for example, she's renting and her rent now, um, while it's while the rents, the rents have come off a little bit, um, when she calculates what she could afford in terms of buying something and what the monthly cost of buying versus renting would be, it's getting very close now. Um, and so I think that a lot of folks are going through exactly what my sister is going through and saying they're reassessing their, their situation. Is it a good time to buy? Rates are low, and if you're a first-time buyer, condo prices are lower from where they were a year ago. So it's giving us um, an incentive, perhaps, to get in the market. And then once the lower end of the market, so I would say, you know, that condominium first-time one buyer, one-bedroom buyer, enters the market in 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 a in a, in a, in a meaningful manner, that's really going to push the rest of the cycle, right? Because that one-bedroom um, seller is going to be a two-bedroom buyer or a townhouse buyer. And that townhouse seller is going to be a single family buyer. And so that actually, when you have strength at the lower end of the market, it's going to support that, that flow of capital um, into the other aspects of the market. So I actually believe that um, the condo market is going to be strong back half of this year um, because of this. And, and as buyers are now getting pre-approved, uh, Haley, uh, you've got 120 days to exercise those pre-approvals. So I believe because December was like the busiest December ever, and we had previously very strong months. There's so much momentum in the market that's really going to carry us into uh, into 2021. On the topic of those first-time buyers, we've seen over the last number of years that affordability level for a first-time home get pushed further and further east. Do you think that continues? And what are maybe some of the, the hot markets you expect to see lots of activity and demand in 2021? Yeah, great question. I do think that migration east is is just part of the real estate journey for a lot of buyers, um, and I, and I think that there's a there's so many wonderful things happening outside of the core. Um, so downtown, if you're looking to get into a one bedroom, uh, it's starting at around six hundred thousand dollars, right? 
And so you could move 15 minutes east into Brentwood and get into the market around 500 or 525,000. I think Brentwood Town Center has a very um, bright future ahead um, with uh, you know the, um, the Whole Foods there. You've got the amazing Brentwood um, Center being created by Shape Properties. And anywhere you go along the SkyTrain line, I believe that when you're transit connected in terms of being in a neighborhood that's transit connected and offers really good urban amenities, I think it'll be a winner. I really like the Burquitlam area and the Tri-Cities. Um, uh, that's you know not far from the downtown core, 30 minutes via SkyTrain. And then as you go down that Evergreen Line connection um, into Port Moody um, and, of course, over the bridge into Surrey, there's a lot more affordability once you once you cross that Port Man Bridge. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. I'm curious, what else are you going to be watching trend-wise in 2021? What should we be watching? Yeah, as it's a consumers? great, great question. Um, I think that we know there's an end game to the pandemic. Um, and I think that's what's also creating some more confidence in people, the vaccines being rolled out now. So with an end game in mind, um, extremely low interest rates, what I'm hoping for being in this, you know, having practiced in this market over 15 years is we don't hit that point where we did. And I, and I remember being on your podcast in 2016 um, where we hit that point of uh, FOMO. Uh, that's not healthy, right? We're not there yet. But, you know, when you hit that point of euphoria in the market where people are being emotional versus rational and they're just buying because that's all they can buy. I'm hope I'm. I'm, I'm hoping that, that we don't get there towards the end of this year, um, but I do feel like prices will grow uh, and go up this year. Detached Homes, Royal LePage, um, our brokerage, came out with our housing price survey, and we're anticipating, like, on aggregate, the market to rise 9% next, this year. So that's a pretty strong, um, pretty strong prediction, and I think that that plays into the momentum, that plays into the sustained period of low interest rates and the improved confidence. And I think we're, we are going to be going into an environment where the, perhaps that 13% unemployment rate starts to improve, maybe to high single digits. Um, and so I think when you put all those factors together, we're, we're going to be in a, in a quite a strong year. And I'm just hopeful um, that um, it doesn't get to that point where everyone's competing and things get a little bit out of hand. A healthy market is good. A healthy we don't market, want a, yes, a crazy market. <laughs> that is the operative word. Healthy is, is where we want it to be. By the way, are we starting to see a lot of interest from Canadians from outside of BC in our market or even buyers outside of Canada? Or is this mostly kind of a domestic real estate story? Yeah. That's the most fascinating part of this real estate uptick in our market is it's a local market. And yes, we're getting the odd inquiry um, when borders open up and, and when things are safe. You know, what can we buy? I, we've had probably half a dozen inquiries, probably one a month in the last six months. But what's driving this market is really local demand. And so that narrative about foreign money being um, the driver predominantly in Vancouver's market is not as, it's just, it's just not the case. Um, and I think what's interesting, Haley, what I'm watching really closely um, is if you think about interest rates being so low and folks typically looking to save their money. Um, investors that were previously investing in real estate perhaps had um, put pause on those decisions as well because the real estate market was a bit was in influx. They weren't sure which direction it was going in. But now, Haley, if you have capital and it's sitting in the bank, you're earning like 
you have a negative, it, it actually effectively you have a negative return on your money. If you're earning half a percent um, interest on your money in the bank and there's a 2% inflation rate, you're actually, you, you have a negative return of one and a half percent on that money. So I think I'm closely watching, does that investor group, does that speculator group come into the market? Um, because if that does, that's what generally has really pushed and propelled Vancouver prices into double digit growth in previous years is those condo speculators or those land speculators. You know, if they believe prices are going to be higher 12 months from now and their money is not working for them in their bank, um, we may see some of that capital move into real estate. And then now it's not just going to be local folks like you and I, like just end user buyers uh, buying real estate. Now you have the speculators and investors. And then if the borders open up, you might see some ca foreign capital flow into the market as well. So that's something we're, we're going to be watching very closely. Interesting. Adol, as always, so great to have you on the show. Thanks for your insight. And here's to a healthy market and hopefully a healthier economy in 2021. Absolutely. Thanks, Haley. Thanks for having me. That's Adil Danani. He is the principal and founder of the Danani Group at Royal LePage West. This has been BIV Today. I'm Haley Wooden. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back with a new episode of our show on Monday.